0: Welcome to the Cherry Hills podcast. We're in a three week teaching series called Every Generation. As we pursue life together as an intergenerational family, we want to explore what the Bible has to say to each generation in our church. Our prayer is that together, we'll learn that all of us need each of us. Thanks for joining us today.
1: What a total, totally radical morning this has been so far, huh? <laughs> Well, good morning, everyone. We are, as we already mentioned in week two of a three-week series, that we are calling every generation. And what we're doing as a church is simply celebrating and honoring all the different generations that are represented here at Cherry Hills. This is one of the things I love most about our church. We have every generation. We want to be that. We want to be multi-generational, intergenerational. It's so important to us, in fact. It is a part of our vision statement as a church. I have it on our notes there. Can we read our vision here at Cherry Hills? It's, we want to see every generation giving themselves fully to Jesus and his mission. Now listen, this isn't the kind of series we would normally do, but we just felt with the cultural moment that we're living in right now, the hatred, the anger, our culture trying to separate us and divide us, we want to go back to what God says about his church, that we are to be united as one in Christ Jesus. He created us to be a family where every generation is needed and celebrated and honored. In fact, Brian used this passage last week, but in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 and 20, here's what Paul writes. Consequently, now that you're a part of a church, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. So what is the point of doing this series? I really think it comes down to three things. Number one, I just wanna have a little fun. We just wanna have a little fun together as a church. Proverbs reminds us, laughter is good medicine. How many of us need a laugh right now in society that we're living in together? Number two, the best way to combat divisiveness is knowledge. The more we know about one another, the more we can understand one another. And then number three, most importantly, if you're following on your notes, we're doing this series to remind ourselves we are a family and all of us need each of us. As I'm going to talk about, friends, church isn't just something we attend. Church is something we belong to. We are brothers and sisters in the household of faith. We belong to one another. And last week, Pastor Brian did a great job of introducing this series talking about and to builders and boomers. And today we're going to talk about Generation X, those born between 1965 and 1980. Honestly, sometimes that gets broken up into what's called the busters and Generation X, but we're combining them because we had similar experiences. So let me just ask you, raise your hand Gen X, how many of we have in the room this morning? Wonderful. Me as well. So I get to preach to myself this week. And I'm going to follow Brian's example from last week. We're going to start by just talking a little bit about Generation X so that we can get to know this generation in our body. And then I'm going to give a word to Generation X. So let's talk about Gen Xers. You're welcome to turn on the back of your notes there if you want to follow along with what I might be doing. And I want to just say, everything I'm about to say is very general. It may not describe your experience, uh, but this is based on sociological research on our generation. Now, the first thing I just want to say, like many of you, I bet you're very grateful that last week, Pastor Brian kept referring to us as young. If you were sitting next to your millennial or Gen Z kids, they're thinking, what? My parents are not young, Did you know Generation X is the smallest of all the generations we'll be talking about? And there's a number of reasons for that. In 1973, abortion was legalized, which means literally millions of people from my generation were given no chance to live. No-fault divorce laws were introduced as well in the 70s, and we began to see over the next two decades divorce rates climbing and climbing and climbing. And on top of that, uh, parents, both parents, started going to work. And so we were what is called, this is the biggest thing we were called as our generation, latchkey kids. How many of you remember this or had that? That was me. I was a latchkey kid. We had a lot of time to ourselves if that was your experience. Sometimes we use that productively. Other times we did not use that productively. The best thing I did with my time, however, is learn how to feed myself. I learned how to make things like... Should I do a little gaff again right now? Hot pockets. (laughs) Number two, I also learned how to make this. And then this incredible miracle of science, bagel bites. Oh, yeah. That was my diet growing up. I'm not even kidding. Our parents were the furthest removed from the helicopter parents of any other generation, right? We We were never given trophies just for being on the team. We had to earn our ribbons in Generation X. In fact, one of my proudest memories is in second grade, we had the school Olympics, and I got a red second place ribbon for the shoe kicking contest. (laughs) I I treasured that ribbon. If you're a Gen Xer, you can finish this sentence. Let's get that picture. This is your brain. And then, of course, that was terrible. This is your brain on drugs. And then Nancy Reagan challenged all of us. Just say no. We had computers for the first time and we had them even in elementary school in computer labs and we played this game. (laughs) Oregon Trail, remember that? You always died of dysentery. What a dark game to give to elementary kids. We had Commodore 64s, we had Ataris, we were the first generation of Nintendo and we played games like Super Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt. Remember Duck Hunt? That was so awesome. Our clothing, whoa, what a schizophrenic generation we were. We went from acid wash jeans, perms, and neon to grunge and goth. When it came to our culture, what we collected, watch, and listen to. I'm going to need some audience participation here. Pray for the guy in the back doing the slides right now. Let's start with the stuff we collected. I'm going to show a picture. You're going to yell out what it was. Here we go. How about this one? Oh, the best. Thundercats. How about the next one? You remember these? Yes, scratch and smell stickers. These were awesome. How about this? Listen, millennials, Star Wars was cool way before you were even born. How about this? This was an interesting one. I just want you to start to notice a trend as our generation keeps going. How about TV shows? What do we have here? A-Team. How about this one? Perfect. How about these two? And? Yes. How about this? Now listen, we used to sit around the dinner table and my parents would let me watch Three's Company in elementary school. I I look back and I'm like, what in the world were you thinking? That is a terrible show. How about this? The best show ever! Saved by the bell, yes. Now listen, over time, we started to have shows like this, however. Notice a trend. How about movies? Movies. If I had to pick four movies that represented our generation, I'd pick this or the next one. There was always a debate, reality bites or singles. Which one were you? How about this? It's My favorite of the generation. (laughs) Absolutely. Still a classic today. But if I had to pick one that represented our generation as a whole, here's the one I would have picked. A group of slackers, malcontents who were cynical and opposed authority. When it came to the music of our generation, you already got to hear one of them, right? You got Huey Lewis, Cyndi Lauper, Duran Duran. Then it moved into Def Leppard, Michael Jackson, New Kids on the Block. But listen, once again, something negative started to happen. And we moved towards bands like Megadeth and Metallica. And of course, the great debate of our generation, were you a, next slide, Nirvana fan or Pearl Jam fan? There's only one right answer. Pearl Jam Angry songs started to come out from our generation. Speaking of the anger of our generation. In each of those, you notice something negative starting to shift. In fact, Brian talked last week about Woodstock. Did you know that our generation tried to put on its own Woodstock? And literally, they burned Woodstock to the ground. Here's a picture of it. If Woodstock in the first place was about peace and love, this was about anger and violence. MTV's Kurt Loder, remember him? He was there, and what he said is it was scary. Waves of hatred, a palpable mood of anger. We could not match our parents' generation. We were angry and cynical. In fact, if you want to flip back over on your notes, one of the re- this is one of the reasons Gen X is one of the most cynical and skeptical of generations. We took this move from the early 80s where everything was bodacious and rad and gnarly to eat my shorts, talk to the hand, and duh. Perhaps the defining moment of our generation was when we gathered in our classroom as kids, millions of us in the United States, in order to watch the space shuttle Challenger take off. And the reason it was such a big deal is that one of the astronauts was actually a school teacher. So we gathered in our rooms, I still remember it, and we watched it take off and exploded in the air. Like JFK was for the boomers and builders, that was probably the moment we remember most, I think, uh, in our generation. Can you remember where you were that day? The greatest technological influence, again, of our generation was probably computers. Most Gen X people are pretty tech savvy today. Uh, Did you know 95% of Gen Xers are on Facebook? This explains why no millennials are on Facebook phones that we used ranged from rotary phones to, remember those cordless phones that had the antennas that were like three feet long? And we were introduced to the very first cell phones. Here's what our cell phone looked like. (laughs) weighed 25 pounds and came in a giant bag that you had to carry around. Now, what about today? What about our generation today? This generation, our generation has a lot of debt. Opposite of the boomers who live to work, our generation works to live the number one characteristic of Generation X is stress. When we asked Gen Xers in the survey, we sent out what is most on their mind today. They said things especially like parenting. We saw a lot of especially parenting teens in the current cultural moment we're in. Social media, finances, debt, and then caregiving to older parents. A lot of sociologists we read about believe we are about to be are already in a standoff between generations Huge generations, millennials and boomers, and right smack dab in the middle is Generation X, the smallest of those generations. Now, here's the interesting thing. With being the smallest of the generations, between two such large generations, those two large generations actually have something in common that we don't as Gen X. They both think they're special. I'm not trying to be funny here. Don't take it the wrong way, but boomers think they're special because of their accomplishments. Millennials think they're special because they exist. Like, I'm not heaping on millennials, promising you. They think they exist because it's our fault, or they think they're special because it's our fault. We created things like preschool graduation ceremonies. We did not have that as Gen X. You get a medal for everything you participate in. So they've been trained to think they're special. Gen X, the one thing we know, smack dab in the middle of those generations, is we are not special. In fact, everything we were told is that we were slackers, we were lazy, we were malcontents, and studies show that it's been hard for Gen Xers to try to shake those labels, even though studies have also shown we're a really hard-working generation, a driven generation. But what has happened is we as a generation X, have become incredibly independent. I'm proud of my generation. We've pursued marriage, even though a lot of us weren't given the greatest model. We've persevered, even though it seems like nobody has noticed. But I do think, and we're coming to the end here, the biggest struggle of this generation, if you're following on your notes, is that this generation is at risk of isolation and individualism. I have talked to so many men in this generation who can't say they have at least one other male friend that they can go deep with. We have been taught been for ourselves, we felt cynicism and anger and a lock, lack of hope. I don't know if all this describes you, but I know it describes me. And yet, I think there is also a sense of hope I have for our generation. Because our time is now. If the builders and the boomers laid the foundation for the church, we're the ones who now have to come after If I had a verse of hope that I would want to speak over you if you're in Generation X, it's Joshua 24, 15. It's on your notes. Can we read it out loud together? Just do your best with those crazy words. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, We will serve the Lord. So that's a little bit about Gen X. Let me turn now of a word to Generation X and specifically what it means to serve the Lord as that verse talks about. Last week, Pastor Brian talked to builders and boomers about a biblical metaphor of the church being the family of God. And today I want to talk about another metaphor the New Testament gives us for the church. In fact, if you haven't already, I'd like to encourage you to grab your Bible. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 12. And here's the thing. As we start looking at this passage together, we're going to see, if you're following on your notes, that the church is the body of Christ joined together as one. So we are a family and we are a body. Now, why do I want to focus on this? Because even though our generation's tendency is towards isolation and individualism, we need to be reminded often, Gen X, that we're part of something bigger. We are part of something bigger. We are part of the body of Christ. There are no latchkey kids in the church of Jesus Christ. So let's unpack what that means. First, again, if you're on your notes, followers of Jesus are not church avoiders or just attenders. Let me break that down a bit. First, biblically, followers of Christ are not church avoiders trying to live the Christian life as lone rangers, even though that is our generation's lean. I mean, how many of us had heard this over the last 20, 30 years or so, right? I love Jesus, but I just don't like the church. Or I worship Jesus alone in nature. That's where I really connect with God. Now I get that. I understand the church has not always gotten things right. There's no such thing as Lone Ranger Christianity. Jesus died for a people as much as he died for an individual person. So we don't avoid church. We're called to participate in church. Second, followers of Jesus are not just church attenders where we just go to a worship service somewhere once a week. Biblically, again, if you're on your notes, we're called to be active members of a church body. In 1 Corinthians 12, we're gonna look at it in a second here, Paul refers at least 10 times that Christians are to be members of a body, lowercase body, a local church body. In fact, let's start looking at it. In verse 12, Paul describes what a healthy body looks like. If you're on your notes, a healthy body first is unified but diverse. Look at verse 12 with me. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its parts, excuse me, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Now read verse 14 on your notes with me, it says, even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. This is pretty self-explanatory, right? For your body to be whole and healthy, it needs every part of your body playing its role. And in the same way, if our local body here at Cherry Hills is to be whole and healthy, we need every member playing the part that they're called to play. I want you to just consider your own body for a minute. I want you to picture that you just stubbed your toe and how your body works together. Your whole body reacts at that moment, right? Your legs react You bend your knees and you look at where you got hit. If your toe's okay, your arms react. You reach down and you grab the place that it hurts. Your mouths react, sometimes not in the best way. Your eyes dart to where you stubbed the toe and what you stubbed it on. Your body is working seamlessly and organically together in that moment. It reacts as a whole unit. And yet, wouldn't you agree your body is pretty diverse? Thank goodness. My whole body is not an ear. My whole body is not an elbow. But here's what's amazing to your body. The diversity of your body does not hinder its unity. In fact, it adds to it. The body could not function as it does if it weren't for the fact that is made up of diversity. Paul wants members of their church, of any church, to see themselves as integrally tied to that church body as an important part, important. Peace to make that body whole and healthy. And as we apply it to our church, that's what makes us one. I talked about this, or we talked about this a couple weeks ago when we sent out an email. The goal of any church body is not uniformity. You know what that is? That means we have to agree on every single thing. And if we don't, we're in trouble. No, no, no. The goal of a church is unity. Where even in our disagreements, we can come together as one for a common Purpose. That's Christ's dream for a church, unified but diverse at the same time. That's why we love that every generation is represented in our body. It leads to a second sign of a healthy body. You might need to write small here. A healthy body is interdependent, not dependent or independent. Modern people, I want to talk to you, Gen Xers, even you millennials, you don't like the idea of dependence, do we? especially Gen Xers. I don't want to depend on anyone else for my needs. Even the big idea of this series, the sentence we keep saying, right? All of us need each of us. No, I don't. I'm doing quite fine by myself. Thank you very much. So we major on the opposite of that, which is independence. I don't need you. I don't need others. Dependence sounds like weakness and deficiency. On the other hand, we know some of us can be too dependent. Overly dependent, right? I'm not gonna contribute every, anything. I'm just gonna come to a local church body and consume. You give to me what I need. That is your job. My job's just to sit here and consume what you're feeding me. But the picture God gives us is no, it's interdependency. We are all connected together. The church is to be complementary. That is, every member brings something to the body to make us whole and healthy each member playing his or her part for the whole body of Christ. That's God's dream. That's God's dream for Cherry Hills. That's God's dream for every other church, local church body here in Springfield. That's God's dream for every local church body in this world. All of us coming together, realizing I need them. I need her. I need him in order to become the person God wants me to become. So instead of being dependent or independent, we are interdependent upon one another. I'll let you in on a little secret. There is no one person in our local church body, this church, Cherry Hills, that have all the gifts necessary for us to be a healthy and whole church. No one. We all need each other to become who God wants us to become. This is one of the reasons we believe in collaborative leadership here. It goes beyond that though goes beyond our staff. We need you if we want to be whole and healthy the way God wants us to be. Paul goes on to explain this, starting in verse 21. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable In other words, even the people behind the scenes who are never seen the grandma rocking the baby in the nursery right now is just as important as the person standing on stage teaching or leading worship. If we want to be who God has called us to be, we need everybody playing their part. I would be lost if God didn't provide people in our local church body with the gift of administration. It'd be a disaster. It'd be a mess. I could go on and on and on. So many people are already doing this. For our body to be healthy, we need you. Contributing your unique gifts to the overall whole. Paul summarizes this whole thing in verse 27. Again, I have it on your notes. Could we read it out loud together? Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. There's that word again. Part is the same word for member. Each one of you, if you know Jesus Christ are a member of a church. You're a part of a church and we are to function as a body. The New Testament right here is flying right in the face of what Gen Xers believe, individualism. To be honest, right in the face of what our contemporary culture believes. It's leading every Gen Xer to ask the question, Am I actually a part, an active part of a local church body? Am I actually using the gifts and the time and the resources that God has given me to build up a local church body? Do I see myself as an individual or as a part of something bigger? Why is this so important? Why focus on this today? Again, if you're following on your notes, we cannot fulfill our purpose at Cherry Hills without you, Gen Xers. Chuck mentioned, you know, our generation was the least one to fill out the surveys. Why? Because I think we just want to come, be independent, go home, and live our lives with our family. But without us, without Generation X, we cannot take this church, any church, into the next generation. We need some Joshua's. We need some Gen X Joshua's rising up. Think about it right now. You are surrounded by people who you know, you love, you work with, you eat with, and you play with, and they do not know Jesus. And if that's the situation in our city, our country, the world, who among us can sit on the sidelines anymore and ignore Jesus' mission? God has not saved me. He has not saved you and given you his Holy Spirit to sit on the sideline. He called you, he called me to join together with a local church body and together as we do that, we begin to fulfill his mission. This is what you were created for. I mean, if he didn't care about the church and the mission in the world, the minute you received Jesus, he'd just take you up to heaven but he saved you and he placed you in this place at this time so that we could become exactly who God wants us to become. We get to take Jesus' good news to the whole world. And I know this is what's tempting for Gen Xers to think, I can't do that. I'm not good at that. You're right. You can't do it. That's the point. That's why we come together as a group, as a body, as members together. You may not have the gifts you need to disciple someone, but someone in this body does, and you can support their work. And as we begin to join together more and more, we begin to see the church function like a well-oiled machine, each person doing their part for the good, not just in our local church, but in our community and world. Ultimately, Gen Xers. It's our time to rise up this morning. I wanna ask you if you're on your notes or tell you God is inviting you to join the body for his mission. You are not isolated. You are not just an individual. You are being called to participate in his work in this world together using the gifts he's given you for his glory. I really believe the church, especially in America right now, is at a crossword crossroads. I mean, you can see it in all the studies that are being done. What is it going to take? It's going to take Generation X. It's going to take millennials, even Gen Zers, to begin stepping up. The builders and the boomers have built the foundation of the church, but they're heading into new seasons of life. Sadly, many of them are moving away from Illinois. So it's time for us. It's time for us to start stepping up. I want to look back on my life and say, Joshua 24, 15 was true of me. I could choose this. I could choose this. Instead, here's what I'm going to choose, that me and my house will serve the Lord. I don't want to paint a dire picture. We got a lot of Gen Xers doing things in our church body. Here's a couple of examples of this. Here is Frank Walters. Frank has been serving in high school ministry as a small group leader for I don't even know how many years. And this is a picture of him with some of the high schoolers at his house. He's created this whole gaming room and they have these huge game nights. I've never been invited. (laughs) But he probably doesn't have an Atari, which is what I'd be good at. Man, what a way as a Gen Xer to pour into the next generation. Here's another one. This is Heather Ficus. Heather, along with some other ladies in our church, started a ministry called Revelation Wellness that's reaching out beyond these church walls, out into our whole community, bringing people together to talk about the necessity of taking care of our bodies, but also our spiritual bodies as they do Bible studies together. These are just a couple examples, but can you imagine if we had more and more of those examples? If disciples of Jesus started to be serious about the fact, I'm joined to a body. I've been given gifts. I've been anointed with the power of the Holy Spirit. I yearn for our place, our church, Cherry Hills, to be a place like this. And so before we take communion, which is the ultimate reminder that we are a part of something bigger, it's not just about us, let me close with this question. Will I join the body and give myself to God's mission? You know, right now, I think it's especially important after COVID, Brian mentioned this last week, but we are at a volunteer shortage. And for some of that, I get it. You're not ready to come back to church yet, perhaps. But for us to be able to love the kids that God has given us, the teenagers that God has given us, the visitors that God has given us, the ministries in our community that God has given us, the missionaries in our world that God has given us, we need every person being willing to serve If you're being convicted by the Holy Spirit right now, I wanna remind you, Brian did this last week. If you'd like to learn more about serving, trust me, our goal is not to put you someplace that you will hate. Our goal is to put you in a place that you're gifted in and you're passionate about, but we'd love for you to join us on this mission. Now, as you put away your notes, I'm just gonna share like Brian did. Here are some words if you're a Gen Xer from the builders and the boomers. Take these as words of encouragement as we get ready to take communion. Most folks in that 41 to 56 age category category still have healthy parents and you're entering those college to empty nest years. You've been busy running kids from one place to another. Take some time to discover what gifts God has given you and how you can use those gifts to encourage the body of Christ. Don't try to do it all, just focus on one thing. I didn't pay them to write that either. As you enjoy your children and possible grandchildren, as well as anticipating retirement or slowing down, remember your Christian service extends beyond your family. In the words of Francis Chan, our greatest fear should not be of failure, but of succeeding at things in life that don't really matter. Keep trust in the Lord, even when it may seem that you have failed in parenting. The story is not over. Love and be faithful. Gen X, you have energy, wisdom, and experience that are invaluable to the body of Christ. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and he will lift you above the struggles of this world. You serve as a bridge to the older and younger generations and can help both see the value of continuing to maintain the truth of the gospel, while at the same time being able to incorporate new ways to spread the gospel. I love this one. This too shall pass. (laughs) Last, integrity is essential in all aspects of life. The world is waiting to see the difference Christ makes in our lives. Your age group is vital to the witness of this world. We get to take communion now and got a couple Gen Xers leading us. Greg and Laura Heckel are gonna lead us in communion. Good morning, everybody. I'm Greg Heckel. I'm Laura Heckel, and it is good to be worshiping with you today, whether online or in person. If you are worshiping online, we ask
0: that you go gather your communion elements now. We are Gen X, and the older we get, the more we appreciate what we've learned from the generations that have come before us and the generations that are coming after us.
1: Every believer contributes their gifts and perspectives to our Christian family. One way we have unity within diversity is by celebrating communion together.
0: And here at Cherry Hills, our communion table is open to everyone, regardless of where you go to church. All we ask is that you are a believer in Christ. Would you pray with me? Holy God, you're a great God, and we're humble before you. And we want to thank you for the mercy and grace that you've given us through Jesus.
1: The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me, the body of Christ broken for you.
0: In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and said, this is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me, the blood of Christ shed for you. Thanks, everyone. Have a great week. Thanks for joining us today. If you would like more information about our church or to get connected, please visit CherryHillsFamily.org or find us on Facebook. Thanks for joining us.